0: It looks like uh, it looks like they finally caught up with him. I don't. I don't see any way that old Donnie Trump can uh, can keep himself out of jail this time.
1: Ain't gonna slither out this round.
2: He's not gonna do it. It's not gonna be a total blip on his radar. Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like we owe at least Skylar and I owe the boomers in our lives an apology or like we got to no, eat some crow.
0: absolutely not absolutely not you, like they're not even going to like the next trial like, it's not coming back into like fucking court until like december
1: we, yeah th- this was i was going over this today in my head did we say we definitely said he's not going to prison we definitely said that and that's well within the realm of possibilities uh yeah. a, a probability at this point I think we might have said he wasn't even going to be arrested, though.
0: Wasn't he was he technically arrested or was he just, like, indicted for a bunch of crimes that he pled not guilty
2: he had to, to? He, he did, was technically in custody. He was, yeah, okay. he was technically in custody, but they. it was a whole, like... Well, no mugshot, no handcuffs, no purple. Yeah, yeah, no like,
1: no John, night in the tombs. Listen. Like, if anyone's been to jail in Manhattan, a night in the tombs is something. Like, I thought, I thought Trump was gonna get the whole works, you know, um, the checking the b hole, the you know, uh, <laughs> I,
0: dude, <laughs> how if you were like the prison guard. <laughs> How much would they have to pay you? <laughs> like, if you were the one, they were like, all right, Kempa, uh, you know, Sergeant Kempa, whatever they mm-hmm. call it, the prisoner. Sar-
2: guard. It's definitely Sergeant Kempa.
0: <laughs> Sergeant Kempa, you you know, we got a pretty high profile guy coming in, and uh, you're going to have to check out his butthole. I think you probably know who it is. Uh, <laughs>
1: but once you, you see got, it... You-
0: <laughs>
2: You that, that's when it. you
1: know it's shaped like he had it changed to be shaped like a dollar sign. It,
2: or it's <laughs> shaped of, like a Big Mac. <laughs> it
0: is simultaneously one of our Come nation's <laughs> most notorious and most beloved
2: bee holes mm-hmm. I also, how...
1: I would insurrect for that beehole.
2: How much... <laughs> shit. How much would you have to get paid to not Take a look at his hog to see if it <laughs> matches that statue.
0: there's a statue that includes his hog. Remember, I think
2: that, remember that micro penis? Was it uh was it a butter but was it, was it a butterman? I forgot a...
1: about that. Somebody did like a naked statue of him with yeah, a Yeah and
2: he a, had a he had a big a old, like,
1: and... he had
2: a beer belly and a micro pen.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> Which, like, by the way, like, there was some, like, valid, like, people were like, isn't this body shaming? Like, isn't that kind of messed up? Which, like, I kind of, I get it.
2: I mean, listen, I'm not here for body shaming, but I am here for fact checking. And so what I would like to know. Yeah, we're journalists here. (laughs) I just want to know whether or not the statue is accurate. Like, I think it's
0: like listening to somebody who isn't Italian, like, do an Italian accent where you're like like Kempa. Technically that is racist <laughs> but it's not really that offensive to most people so <laughs> usually most of us will just sort of allow it even though if you just straight up ask the question is this a racist thing to do the answer technically is yes I feel like that's kind of the body shaming thing with Trump where it's I like I think I'm learning here that Skyler
1: thinks yes. Italians are people of color is that what we're landing on
0: I just I, I'm just saying like doing an accent that is not does not come naturally to you can be construed
1: Oh,
0: see there, there it is now will we get canceled because trigger warning probably not. I'm thinking not. Uh, <laughs>
1: wow, you know. you're gonna make me vomit up my gaba ghoul <laughs> uh, huh?
0: you know who you know who okay so to to turn that conversation back to Trump's wiener. Um, Thank you God. Know who you know who has been awesome on Twitter about this is Stormy Daniels. Have you have you guys seen the things that she's been tweeting? I have not
1: been following. No, I haven't either. Uh, do, t- do So tell. she
0: is getting like called out. You know, people are like slut shaming her basically and mm-hmm. being like, Ugh, like you know, you know, <laughs> making derogatory slut shaming remarks. And she's just like, dunking. Yeah, dude. Like I have sex for money. Like for sure. <laughs> and I like enjoy what I do for a living. It's just she has been like so has turned like all of the negativity into like this this avenue to be super sex positive and like uplift like the fact that sex work can be a joyful experience for people and like blah blah blah, blah. It it rules. Like I don't I don't know. She All might right, be a lame person. I don't know that much about her, but I will say that her Twitter uh she's done a couple of tweets over the last couple of days that have been pretty great, I would I would say. Notable, notable tweets.
2: I guess I'm gonna have to um Follow check Stormy. in on Stormy. Damn. Doing it. What I'm, a time, I'm, what a
1: time to be alive, God, You know
2: what, oh, it really okay. is, it really is a time. I will agree with that statement.
0: If they, if he does go to prison, I would support like an allowance being made that allows him to have a phone specifically For to use Twitter. Oh yeah,
2: yeah 100%. Taxpayer yeah. dollars. But should... he only In uses fact...
1: true social now.
2: Yeah, okay. If, I mean If you what, go it listen, Donnie. Is there an
1: count that like retweets him on Twitter? I was looking for that. I was like, there's gotta be some bot that like just retweets his truth Social." Yeah, just like
0: retweets screen caps of yeah. what he's saying on there.
1: Can't find it yet. I
2: yeah, have spent well, exactly tuned. zero minutes looking for that, but we have different priorities. <laughs> Dave,
0: here's the question for you. How far will you go? Like, so if if Trump does go to prison, and we do get like Trump and the orange jumpsuit and the whole the whole thing. How far will you go? That's gonna be so go?
1: dumb. Like all of how the far lives? will you
0: go to like how much crow will you eat to mm. to make it make things right with the Lib Boomers that we have both been so disdainful about um, for having this for predicting this. Future. This is a really good. That's question. A
1: phenomenal. I think we have to have. If any of us have parents that you know use the word "drumph" or mm-hmm. like "orange
0: is the Same new
2: orange,"
1: say things like "it's molar
0: time." We're
2: not having it's my mother on ta- this show.
1: No, we have to have them on the show to just like <laughs> make us eat shit. I think that's. I think we have to. I think my mom I has will, to come on.
0: If Trump goes to prison, I will get a tattoo of Robert
1: <laughs> Mueller. Of what?
0: Of Robert Muller.
2: <laughs> where are you going to get it? The tattoo? Where are you getting it?
0: Somewhere that was not very visible, but I will show it publicly just to prove that I have gotten
1: it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
2: Okay. All right. Hold on. I got to write this I down. I mean, at this
1: point, that would be my first tattoo, so I don't know if I could do that.
2: <laughs> the,
0: stakes have really, the stakes in this have really changed for me in the last 30
2: seconds.
1: Yeah, if yeah. If
0: anything
2: is going to get you to finally make a fucking decision about getting a goddamn tattoo, Kempa. It's not going to be it.
1: Robert Mueller.
2: This is it. No. The ta- what you, a time to be alive. You should get a tattoo of Trump's wiener
0: on your wiener.
2: Mm. You should absolutely get a tattoo of Trump's...
0: <laughs> hog on a hog.
2: I, I love... To think about this.
1: Now, are we talking top of shaft, below shaft, side of
0: shaft? I think I've... off to the side, right? Like a nice profile?
1: Okay.
2: <sighs> yeah, okay. That's fine.
1: All right. We got to get some graphic design folks on this.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. Emphasis on graphic. Listen, <laughs> <but> on. <laughs>
2: I've got Canva.
1: All right. Let's Canva this out. Let's figure it out. <laughs>
0: listen we don't oh, know man. he's
1: not he's not arrested yet he's not he's not in prison yet like let's not go hog wild
2: but um, no let's definitely <laughs> go hog wild let's take a beat
1: <laughs> all right um but yeah i'll come up with something that i have to do you know
0: um, i think we came up with it uh, The uh, as far as i'm concerned the decision has been made so. yeah listen say
2: that the majority yeah. rules or whatever.
0: Yeah, if if uh raise your hand if you think that Kempa should get a tattoo of Trump's hog on his hog if Trump goes to prison. That's it. Majority rules and if you don't do it now you hate democracy. So,
1: um, Didn't we used to have four that. hosts? I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this being outnumbered on this What's but great
2: okay. about Sky being back for the opener is that there's yeah, now Someone to participate in my shenanigans again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: there's like, yeah, I've been back wet for like two episodes, and we're already like wiener centric on the mm-hmm. opener. God, so I fucking great. love it here. Some That's what we've been missing, things, yeah, they baby. Just get, they just go right. They just it's like riding a bike. All
1: right.
2: Yeah, every Should time I try show? to bring up a wiener, no, I want to talk about wieners. Go ahead, Shannon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the floor is yeah, yours, floor man. Is yours.
2: <laughs> wiener's are great. Mm. They're weird to look at, mm. but they're, mm. they're, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we can start the show now. We things we say, voices, in your head, all the voices
1: heard. Oh, hello. You have Kempa.
2: Uh, also Shannon. Here we are. And that is it.
1: It's, it's going to be, that it's gonna is be all. an ep.
2: And now we're done with the show. Goodbye.
1: hmm. Thank <laughs> you all for listening.
2: It's been great to know you.
1: This is NPR. Go fuck yourselves.
2: Really, uh, you should, because the world is just going to hell in a handbasket, and somebody should be getting off.
1: hmm. No, no, no. We here at Voices River City are very sex positive, uh, yes. so you can listen and fuck yourself and I I don't give a wit
2: no you know what do it if that's what gets you going
1: yeah if that helps you retain information when you're listening to a podcast who am I to stop you yeah
2: please if if your fidget happens to be your clitoris fidget away
1: Mm mm-hmm spin that fidget (laughs) um
2: Spin it. (laughs) Oh, God.
1: (laughs) Uh, I saw a T-shirt that had like a bottle opener for like wine, you know, with like a little twisty metal thing. And it said... Corkscrew? Yeah, corkscrew. Thank you. You And it it said, Mommy's Fidget Spinner.
2: (laughs) I love suburban moms. I need that (laughs) T-shirt. (laughs) <laughs> Somebody, Cafe Press, Kempa Oh, <laughs> that t-shirt. I will wear that.
1: Yes, men's medium. Um, I will like whatever color. You, up to you, listeners. It
2: should it should be um a tank top so that you can jog with it on.
1: <laughs> I would be I would totally wear a tank top <laughs> way too often to yeah. official events. Yes.
2: Um, if Donald uh, Trump goes to prison. Kempa will get mommy's fidget spinner tattooed on his body. That's so with funny. With a picture of a corkscrew.
1: Uh, no, I don't even need the picture of the corkscrew. I'll put it on my dick and it'll say mommy's fidget <laughs>
2: Fucking yeah, you will. <laughs> That's so dope.
1: Oh, fuck. We got <laughs> it. We got my first tattoo all right well let's years let's start the show
2: yeah <laughs> I, times I don't two. think this show's
1: ever started with a weirder vibe than it is like these last three minutes but i'm digging it um
2: yeah i mean listen it's been a long fucking day i'm it's exhausted.
1: been a long day it's been a it's
2: been quite a week
1: and let's Thanks. let's learn about it let's learn about the needs of the day um We're going to talk about some national level shit um, a little bit later, folks. Uh, Obviously, some really impressive um, wins, like just A for democracy in Wisconsin. But uh, in Chicago is what we're really interested by. Um, A progressive, uh, crushed, a conservative Democrat for mayor of Chicago, third largest city in the country. We're not going to start there, though. We're going to start a little more local. So. Why don't we start with the big news with Camp Resolution? Um, Shit, yeah. You know, it, Shannon, can you tell us y- y- they've signed "quote unquote" some kind of lease with the city of Sacramento? Can you give us a little history on Camp Resolution and and how it got here and why it's important that they like that the city is even acknowledging them today? And then we'll talk about what the ins and outs of this uh, lease.
2: Yeah, it's actually it's. Um, wild and also great that we've come to this point with Camp Resolution, which is a pad of concrete on the, a parking lot on the corner of Colfax Street and Arden Way. Um, of concrete, <laughs> it's a pad of concrete. Um, in District Two, Councilmember Sean the Low East district, um, this was identified as a potential space for um shelter. In, uh, let's see, 2021. And, um, city after, sanctioned, well, right?
1: Like the city, city sanctioned was like, shelter. yeah, this was, we're, so we're this trying was, to find all these locations all throughout the city, blah, 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 and none of them happened.
2: This was like the, uh, the comprehensive siding plan. It was yes. one of one of the, um, spaces that was identified as a result of the comprehensive siding plan. Go into our index and listen to an episode all about that if you'd like. Um, and, You know, as as things go in Sacramento around housing homelessness, um, the city was like, nope, never mind, we're not going to use this space. And so they paid six hundred and seventeen thousand dollars to put up a chain link, an iron fence, not even chain link. It's an an iron fence fence around this space um, and How much,
1: like, like a thousand, twelve hundred dollars of rent per month for any person who was living, like, it, like, it is just such an absurd use of money.
2: So fucking bonkers. Um. So yeah, folks were moved off of that lot. Um. City paid to put up the fence, and then the city ended up scrapping all plans for um residents to return to use that space for safe parking or shelter. Um, And the people said, fuck that noise. And they took the space over. They moved back in anyway. Um, I remember early on them putting up a big sign that said 617,000 taxpayer dollars for a parking lot with like a squillion question marks at the end of it. (laughs) Um, So, you know, of course, that caused a whole thing. Um people end up P D ordered folks at Camp Resolution to leave in November of twenty twenty two, which then That's a of the police course,
1: department I don't know if folks don't know what P D
2: means. Oh yeah, um, sorry. Police Department. The um the and local I just wanna
1: like drive home what Shannon just said. Like the folks who got pushed out were experiencing like very unsafe situations outside of this place that they had been you know excited right. about and calling home and you know and th- they finally said enough is enough and they just went back in set up a community a community just took it back, like, literally yeah. a community they all know each other they're all family dozens and dozens of people and then the you know community of folks who have housing who've been like trying to to advocate and, like, help started coming out and supporting them, too. And, and, like, it's been this amazing sort of, like, phenomenon led by the folks who were living out um, out, out yeah. in the parkway, out in the streets. And, you know, everyone else just kind of rallying around them, like, what do you need? How can we support?
2: Yeah, and this, I think... You know, so so it was in November of twenty twenty two that really um, folks started to sort of co- come around. Those folks at Camp Resolution and support them in terms of um, you know showing up at City Council and and um, really just holding ground on on the site at Colfax and Arden, um, and really I guess surprisingly. Council member, District Two Council member Sean Laloy, who who represents that um, Sean district, Sean Baby, um, ended up going out to visit Camp Resolution. Um, he met some of the folks that were staying there and um, ended up postponing sweeps that had been scheduled, and on and on, and so. You know, there's which a is lot a that good is, thing it
1: was surprising because very he's
2: surprising because potentially
1: is, the most conservative person on city council
2: totally and he has been very um the language that he uses around homelessness has been really harmful Um and he has really upheld a narrative that puts people's lives in danger um but You know, credit where credit's due in terms of him really going out there and, like, taking the time to look folks in the eye and have conversations with them. Um, I do
1: wonder, like, to what degree Teresa Cliff's reporting at the B has forced him into this position. Um, She's done so much amazing work on just documenting... And simply just documenting all of the deaths that have happened, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Year to year and trying to tell people stories. Um, And then, you know, he shows up and he's trying to put on after all of his harmful language, trying to put on a positive face and like saying, you know, I support you. And then he's turning to Teresa and um, Pulitzer winning photographer um, Renee Byer and and telling them they're guilty of crimes and that they have well, blood on their hands.
2: Right. He looked directly at Teresa Clifton and said that she's got blood on her hands, which is like...
1: <laughs> what the fuck?
2: You know, I mean, so I think <laughs> we...
1: He's a complex man.
2: He's r- so many layers. He's like, we gotta peel back <laughs> the layers of that onion, you know? But, but whatever. Uh. Uh, not whatever. I mean, he's still... I still... really hold on to like he's he uses harmful language he behaves in ways that are just real fucking shitty he's a disrespectful ass motherfucker um yet he did show up to this thing and he held space for the residents of camp resolution and it really seems like you know this deal that has been struck with uh between the city and the people in camp resolution um it it very likely would not have happened unless he had gone out there um, and spent so much time sort of like getting to know folks and having conversations with them. Um, So the new lease that is in place says that the people in camp resolution cannot be moved from the parking lot until every resident has been placed into permanent housing. Um, And that permanent housing is not a tent, and it's not a trailer. It's not, you know, it. It's not a um, like a sprung shelter, like the shelter that we see on Broadway, for example, uh, Broadway and Alhambra ish. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It is supposed to be permanent housing, and I think, I think there's a lot that we can talk about around a, a lease agreement that includes a stipulation of that of that uh, really magnitude. It's because really Sacramento, incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's I. I am like pretty baffled <laughs> that the city agreed to it um, um i think got lots Ar- of questions.
1: ariana wrote the piece at the b lang and um she short sort of mentioned that like you know the city has gone back on deals before do you have any fear with that at all
2: oh i mean yeah 100 because i i also and this might just be my own um Failure to prep appropriately for this show, but I don't know how long this lease is for. Um, like it doesn't, as far as I understand, there's nothing that says that it's like a years long lease, which causes me to question like, is this sort of like a month to month thing? And if that's the case, then it certainly leaves more. Um, opportunity for the city to go back on their promise. Um, and I think that we are very likely going to find that making a promise as big as this one um, in a city as conservative on housing and housing housing issues uh, as Sacramento, like, I feel like... I get why they did it. It's trying to give campers, you know, protections, but I don't know. We'll see. I think yeah. the city the city has proven to time and time again uh lose the trust of unhoused folks because of the way that they lead with punitive or harmful action and I suspect They're unpredictable, super right? Un- like, yeah, very, the, very unpredictable. The
1: council says one thing, and then the city manager goes out and, and just, like, shits right. all over the place and, like, harms all these people. And, yeah. like, you just don't know what's going to come next from that building.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, I'm, like, I'm concerned about the people that are staying there and that they get to you know, like get to maintain that space and that that trust really does continue to build. Because one of the one of the biggest fears that I hear from folks who are unhoused and end up in any sort of housing programs is like, how long is it going to last? And the fear of eviction, even from shelter programs, you know, safe parking programs, whatever um, the dangers that come with being evicted from spaces like that, where there is a sense of Safety and security as a result of the community, um is a lot. There's, you know, the experience of homelessness anywhere, but I know Sacramento and work with people who experience homelessness in Sacramento is it's violent. Um there is violence against particularly women. Um,
1: Let's but, talk a, but about everyone.
2: That. It's just it's it is It is not safe. Yeah. I mean,
1: let's talk about that because, you know, around the same time Mm. that this happened, um, I think the last paragraph in that B article, a friend of ours um, talked about how she has a camp. um, I believe it's in technically county jurisdiction. Yeah. And they had given her a 48 hour notice to vacate. And she'd been there for years and years and years with elders who have been there for decades and um, you know, this, this friend has since then, you know, like so good story with, with camp resolution and all this. But like, meanwhile, we have this also happening in a different corner of, of our region. Um, they all got evicted, all of their belongings, tents, everything, everything you own thrown away, like it's trash. And they had nowhere to go. and, you know, she posted about a horrible thing that happened to her. Um, can you talk a little bit about just like, like, what does that mean for a single woman when you you know the the little things you have, the little little sort of like connections to community or some some you know what what is your home is just all gone. It's obliterated
2: yeah I mean, I think that it is really hard for housing people who experience housing security uh for us to fathom the, the like the traumatization that occurs when a person loses all of their personal belongings and a consistent space to lay their head. It really is a um you're just like everything is turned upside down and it's because all of a sudden any element of consistency or security that you may have known, all albeit tiny, is gone, right? And all of a sudden you're like, you're already, you already live in this space. And this is, this is not my own lived experience because I have not, I have not ever been unhoused, but Having almost two decades of experience working with unhoused folks, the stories that I hear um, are that you are you are always living in a space of what's next. And so there's always this level of heightened um, of heightened fear and anxiety because you you really just you you don't know what the next moment could bring. And if you need to go to an appointment and you don't know if your bedding is going to be there when you're back or should I carry it with me? And is the place that I'm going to going to allow me to take this inside with me? And, you know, all of these all of these questions that um, like on your on your busiest day when you are trying to balance out uh, when you're trying to manage your time like that is it times a hundred for unhoused folks, right? So you're already um experiencing sort of that like brain shrinkage that happens when um it becomes really hard to make decisions. Your executive function, right, is is so impacted by trauma. And then add to that when your things are actually taken from you and when you don't actually know where you're going to lay down and and you know you're like, well, Maybe I can go into the shelter, but they're telling me I can't bring this and I can't bring that and I can't bring my dog, but I've always had my dog with me and I need my dog to, you know, to get through every day because I've never not had my dog. And it just becomes this like, it's like racing thoughts and just like really, really intense anxiety. And then in the absolute worst cases, which happen every day in Sacramento, you are assaulted physically sexually emotionally financially like it's it is just like a constant space of um of unknowns and abuse and living with the fear that results from that like it makes me like i have like a reaction like a like my body tenses up as i think about all of, like these stories that I have heard from folks, and and thinking about the people that we're talking about having been just evicted from this space that they have lived in for decades. Yeah, and anyone who's been down there knows that though the people that are living down there are not like young, mobile, mm. like self sufficient people. These are folks who are like having to tie all of their personal belongings down in the rain so that it doesn't like wash away and they're living in wheelchairs and they're needing crutches and they're, you know, they, they need a lot, a lot, a lot of support. And, and they literally got kicked out. No, not offered
1: a fucking thing. Yeah. And so like you look at our County and it's our park rangers. I've been out there. I've seen park rangers steal things oh, yeah. from them. um, And it's our County soups that, that, put a stamp on this and these are the results of it. You know, it is, it's getting robbed. It's, it's physical harassment. It's sexual harassment, assault. Like that, that it's a direct result of our political choices of our supervisors and our parks department's political choices. And I don't know how you can draw a straighter line, you know, Um, And it, it does. It does. Like, we talk about this a lot. Public safety is important. What they're doing, what our politicians are doing is not safe for the public. This isn't public safety. This is endangering people. And we need to rethink that. More cops isn't going to save our friends who are on the river.
2: No, and that's, you know, it is we have these conversations over and over again on this show. And I and I know, you know, we're in a lot of we're having conversations with friends, really. Right. Like with like minded people and hoping that it ends up sort of like making its way out. But I think about this public safety thing and, you know, I've been working on issues of housing and homelessness in Sacramento since 2008. And it has been the exact same fight the entire time. Right. More affordable housing, more planning around shelter, more support, like diversion support so that people who are getting evicted um, have...
1: And then us not being listened to for a decade. And not, this yeah. is the result. This yeah. is the result. So like... And
2: of course, <laughs> of course there's like these horrible fucking things happen because it's people when like in a space where scarcity... Rains for vulnerable people, then harm happens, right? Yes. Like it is just scarcity equals survival equals harm, like crime,
1: right? It, yeah,
2: it's just it, and and there is no way around that. <laughs> like, no. and I I really and.
1: And I, we need to rethink public safety. Public yeah. safety is taking care of each other. So we don't need to, you know, so folks don't feel like they need to make bad decisions, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, if folks just that- had
2: space, if folks had access to housing and health care and food and education and child care and like all of these things, there would we would live in a space that saw so much less of the crime and harm that happens in this community
1: and we're not just shooting rainbows out of our assholes this is like there there is research on this that that if you take care of your community crime will drop quality of living will rise you know and in We refuse, even in, quote, unquote, liberal California, Sacramento, we've refused for decades to do this, you know? Um,
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I also think, you know, one of the things that and I know we need to move on, but thinking about the folks who moved into Camp Resolution, the folks who were just recently evicted from this county um, space, the the choice to, like, the, the folks living on that county space that were just evicted, like, they they were living in conditions that were just, re- like, really rough, right? They're, like, truly roughing it out mm-hmm. there. Um, and all they asked for was housing over and over and over again. All they asked for was housing. And so this idea that unhoused folks don't want housing...
1: Oh, ho, oh, I dealt is, with a cop just yesterday on this where he kept saying they don't want services, bullshit. they don't want housing and I was like, you know, oh, so you're offering them project room key, uh vouchers, you're off- offering project home key. Do you have housing for them to offer them? So what are you offering them? And they're like, no, no, well, you know, we don't, you know, blah blah blah. No. Yeah. No, fuck you. You don't Offer them a goddamn thing that's tangible, that's long-term, that is housing.
2: Or that Um, is, like, dignified, right?
1: Exactly.
2: It's when you offer services that treat unhoused folks like... Just when you treat people like total shit, of course they don't want the fucking services.
1: Yep. Don't dehumanize people empower like th- That's what I think that's the story about camp resolution is like, yeah, you know, these women just empowered themselves and said, this is we're taking a stand and we're doing this. And it's like, that's I I just think that's the answer. Like, right. um, and and watching them do that in a in a space where, like, people generally don't respect them. Like, it's I don't know. I, there's like not words for it to me. It's, it's so fucking cool.
2: Yeah. I'm really interested to see how it rolls out and, um, how or how it continues to roll out. And I'm, I'm, I celebrate with them that they, they have this win. Let's celebrate while we can and, and hope that it sticks.
1: Yep. Keep fighting camp resolution. You are kind of the most exciting thing happening, I think in the movement right now in our region, um, and that's yeah, really totally cool. I, yeah. Um, let's move on to a couple more local things real quick. Um, you know, uh, ACE, um, very well known nonprofit. They are real ones. Um, they fight for renters rights all throughout the state. Um, they actually like held a meeting recently and they got, um, council member Katie Maple to come out to it, uh, district five, And they are pushing for Tahoe, a a Tenants Anti-Harassment Ordinance, right? Um, Basically, uh, an ordinance that would, you know, deepen protections for tenants in the Sacramento region, which which is needed right now. You know, a, a few things have been cobbled together here and there over the years, but some of them just like lost funding, don't exist anymore, blah, blah, blah. And so they're like, no, we're going to set something in stone. And Councilmember Maple, uh, to her credit, was like, absolutely, this is great. Um, And she brought it to city council last, I believe it was last week. And then um, Tuesday, April 4th, the way that the process works now is it has to go through the law and legislation committee before it's presented to city council. So it has to pass through there. Um, and the chair there obviously is, is one of the few real ones on city council, Katie Valenzuela. Um, but she also has three fairly conservative members on this committee with her. Yeah, she does. So they discussed it this Tuesday. Um, did you get a chance to look at it at, at all, Shannon? That meeting? Um,
2: yeah, I, I watched and, uh, I don't know how... Councilmember Valenzuela is able to not just completely roll her eyes all the way back into her brain when she listens to her colleagues speak.
1: I'm so thankful we live in an ecosystem because I would have like just like bashed my head against a wall for two hours during that if I was the chair
2: of that. You no, know, 100%. And she does such a good job of like. Listening to total fucking bullshit, or somebody say the same thing twenty different times, and then she like distills it into a sentence that makes some kind of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, anyway, no, I, no, I, <laughs> I did watch, I did watch it, and I was um, was not surprised by the number of uh, the representation from Capital that came out uh-huh. and gave their their public comments.
1: Yeah, so a lot of renters' rights folks came out with their public comments. I think it was like 60-40, give or take. Um, yeah, there were
2: fi- there were 15 total commenters, 10 in support and 5 in opposition.
1: Okay, okay. So, well, that's good. 67% then for uh, the renters' rights folks. And the folks against it, were <laughs> it, was, it was landlords, of course. You get that. It's like, yeah. I get it. A landlord is like, no, fuck you. I want to keep exploiting you but it was real estate as well which i thought was right. fascinating like and then one of the real estate people said the quiet part loud and was just like oh no like we don't want this because it will lower our housing value
2: right <laughs>
1: if you have rights and it was like uh, okay like
2: yeah i was so one of the things that i was really like paying attention to was that public comment yeah. Um. I was super interested in public comment, and I was really interested in what uh, my council member was going to say about this. Um. Uh, Rick Jennings is unfortunately my council member. Super Bowl um,
1: winner of the Oakland Raiders, Rick Jennings.
2: <laughs> that's that's the man, one man who
1: I defy any of you to tell me his top three things that he cares about on that day. As no one fucking knows.
2: No. Not. No. Not. He doesn't even know. No. He wants to be loved. Um, just just love me. Yeah, so it was, like, I think it, like, loud and clear, the, the tenants and, you know, tenants' rights folks spoke very clearly and uh, succinctly about why we need these sort of protections. You know, fear of retaliation from... Landlords who are super shitty, you know, when you complain about them or landlords who just aren't doing their part to, um, you know, make sure that their housing is is livable and making repairs in time and all of all of these things. But for sure, like the one um, one of the people in opposition said it is too much <laughs> it's too much work for landlords to keep track of the laws as it is. Please don't add this one. <laughs> um, uh, And I can't keep other... track
1: of all the rights I need to respect.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, listen, I can't, I cannot do any more. What I found fascinating was that there was a, an attorney um, that spoke in fate in uh, support and he said, as an attorney, I receive so many, you know, folks coming to me for support uh, from Sacramento. And I work with the law. As an attorney, there is no way for me to protect tenants with the law as it exists right now. Um, And... I think that was that was something that like I think really hit home and it and it also really shot down all of the shit that you know the landlords and developer or real estate pe- folks were saying which was there's already city shit in place there's already state shit in place like why do we need to do more there's all of this stuff that all that already exists and this attorney's like well actually like, it does, but there is not a, a clear way to actually support tenants when it comes down to it.
1: Yeah. Well, and th- there's a lot, too. So uh, the comments were all very elucidating, and I think you gave a really good overview on that. Uh, and then Council's discussion on it was also elucidating. Um, you was, know, oof. the basically what happened was... What had happened was um, the pro developer slash landlord council members, they wanted to sound tenant-friendly, but they also yeah. basically towed the line of the developer folks just saying, like, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like some protections already exist. Maybe it's about educating tenants, blah, blah, blah. And... Interestingly, and I think Katie handled this very well uh, as chair. Um, they sort of landed on together this notion of let's do a holistic look at what tenant protections actually exist in our region, because there's been talk about this exists, this doesn't exist, this phone number doesn't work, you know, blah blah blah. Which, by the way, folks, believe the tenants, believe ACE, believe the SAC Tenants Union. They're the yeah, ones. The renters
2: plan is a joke.
1: They're the ones working on this stuff. Um, let's do a holistic look at this and then bring it back to the committee. So that's where it's going. It will come back to the committee on a holistic view. Um, what Katie was trying to do very nicely was send it to the entire council because she has more right. potential allies at the council. My Vang is definitely an ally. Obviously Katie Maple, who presented this as an ally, um, potentially, might surprise you folks. Karina Talamantes has talked a lot about renters and about yeah. how, you know, her family, you know, as as immigrants and renters, like, you know, how difficult things were. Like, she's a potential ally on this one. And if you got Daryl, then that's five, that's five votes. So the landlords and the the um developers succeed in, in keeping this in committee um was probably a little bit of a win for them but the fact that they but the fact that the city now has to do a holistic view on this and there's some great researchers we got some good ones in there We won't tell you who folks um looking into this like this could tell us that there's some real fucking gaps and like if they don't move on this then and they vote the wrong way then we remember that during election season, you know, they, yeah. this is all of us just creating, you know, breadcrumbs for for what's to come after this. Totally,
2: fact. yeah. I think one of the things that is like most disappointing about that law and ledge conversation is that um, the chairperson, Councilmember Katie Valenzuela, has the three people who are definitely, definitely not going to vote, yeah. you know, in favor of this. S- sitting there with her um and they all it was they all really leaned into the same narrative which which was well it sounds like renters just aren't educated on the resources that are already available to them slash we don't actually know the resources that are available <laughs> right So which is right. really disappointing um You know, as as council people, because Katie was able to say, you know, at one point, um, Councilmember Kaplan brought up a resource and she and Councilmember Valenzuela was like, yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. Like, you know, so and it's, I think, important to note that the reason that Councilmember Valenzuela can so confidently say that one is because she does her job well, but also is because she is the only renter on the dais. Yep. So she can she can speak to what resources are available because she is a tenant, you know, has to have those in her back pocket.
1: Just like so many of us. Right. Yeah. Um yeah, really. absolutely.
2: What what a conversation. Eager to see where this ends up.
1: Yeah. Would like Kira well, to stop talking. So I'm interested to see what comes up. Um Eric, for the most boring man on earth, he really was able to talk for a long time. Oof. Um But, like, yeah, I'm interested about him. No one's going to run against him for city council in 2024, and I really wish someone would. um, Because if you don't, then, like, I I don't know. Just get more of the same old shit. What can we expect from him? He's going to be a mod through and through. Right. um, And we've got him for as long as we've got him. Rick, um, listen, Rick, we all know you're considering a run for mayor. So if you vote the wrong way on this, this follows you. It follows you if you decide to run. So like, like, I, I think that's the thing. Like, as you were saying, Shannon, like he thinks tenants are dumb. Do you think that's going to land well with folks? Like, yeah, I don't think so. Um, As far as Kaplan goes, I don't know. Like, <clears throat> I've seen I'm- all the developer and landlord money that's gone to her I'm willing to be proven wrong, but I haven't been proven wrong with her yet. She uses the language and then votes precisely the way that she needs to for them. Um, and that's that's what sh- folks should expect, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Yeah. Can we cover one more local thing real quick?
2: Shit, yeah. Would love Speaking to. of
1: elections, like Rick potentially running for mayor. Um, little update. Couple updates, actually. <laughs> um city in the mayor's race uh last week jeff harris moved all of his money from his former committee um for district three city council all the way to his committee for mayor so that looks like a real deal um i think this guy's dead in the water but i guess let's just wait and see what happens
2: fingers Um, fucking crossed
1: yeah, uh, Steve Hansen obviously has his name in the mix. Daryl doesn't know if he's going to run or not. Like, you know, we've all, will he, won't we? Will they, won't they? Um, and then, um, yeah, so that's the big update there. It's the, the Jeff Harris thing. And then uh, in District 2, two things have happened. I don't think this happened before uh, last episode. Uh, no. Friend of the show, Tamika Lacluse has thrown her hat in the ring for District 2 to run against Sean, baby, Lelowie. What are our thoughts there?
2: I mean, Sean is not a Sacramento resident. I mean, I realize... To the
1: best of our understanding, he's not.
2: I realize that there was a whole investigation that says that that's not true, but um, that he does actually live... On Robles Bay. with the people that he works with and that he throws parties. and That's the, the best
1: part of it is that the best case scenario for him is that he parks twelve and, cars in and his... and Teresa wrote that sentence so well in the it's B article. Like... It's like you know the um, the city did a report and found that he does in fact live at the his stated address with his employee. And I think like in her son or something. I don't remember. Uh, and yeah. his wife and his children live out in Granite Bay
2: in a in a million, million dollar, dollar
1: home. Come on, folks.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's let's be real about this. So I mean, I think that um, Sean def- that people definitely need to run against Sean, and uh, Tamika running against him is great. Uh, she is no stranger to city council race she did run against Jay mm-hmm. Um that was district 5 former district 5.
1: Uh, council member before Katie Maple
2: yep um, and you know Tamika has a, a lot of experience I think that would that makes her a, a great candidate she was a Montessori teacher for 20 years I think or so and she's Uh, you know, flood control board and has worked on the investment without displacement um, committee and just, you know, I'm, I am here to see um, more about her platform, of course, but I am as, you know, full disclosure, as somebody who really loves Tamika and loves spending time with her and her family, (laughs) I'm excited to see her, um, to see her name out there.
1: Yeah. You know, one one thing I will say is, and Tamika knows that I, you know, we're fans of each other. Like I, like I'm a fan of Tamika. Yeah. I will say to the lefty orgs out there, like, do your due diligence. Ask her the hard questions. Oh and sure, yeah. If she sure. doesn't answer to your liking, you don't have to support her. Um, and that that's how it works, right? Like, right. it is about accountability. And if a potential candidate doesn't stand up for the things that really, really matter to you, it's okay for you to say no. Your resources are limited um, and you will support something else somewhere else during that election cycle. Right. So um, and that's not it's not anything negative. It's just saying to potential candidates like, do you want these people's support or not? Are you right. willing to to double down on the things that they believe in and not just, you know, social justice, political, or, or the People's Budget, uh, Sunrise Movement, DSA, all of these folks. And they all align on the same lines. So, you know, do you support what they support or not? And I, I think it's um, I've heard rumblings of all of these orgs kind of coming together to discuss Um, some real hard questions for potential candidates. And I hope candidates do um, take that stuff seriously uh, because I think this is a rising power. Um, And that's not just in District 2. You know, Katie's running in District 4 against a right-wing Democrat. Um, I think she's going to need all the help she can get. And I think it's very important that she has a healthy relationship with the left. Um, My Vang doesn't really have... Any work to do, so I think you're fine there, my But like, <laughs> I hope you maintain your friendships with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, who knows? Who knows what else is going to pop up? But like, I I just think that's a a really important thing. And like, yes, we do have people who we prefer to other people in electoralism. But I just I, I always want to drive that home that it's it's really about the people.
2: Yeah, and I think as we've. As we saw very early on after this last city council race, um, really making sure that those tough questions are asked over and over again for consistency's sake um, and really ensuring that the candidate is standing on a solid or is using a solid framework and not just saying what the people want to hear is really important. So I really like the reminder to make sure that we're asking those hard questions and doing it doing it consistently and, and, and coming together as folks on the left to ask those questions out of so many different scenarios so that we can really ensure um, that what folks say is what they mean.
1: I think that's that's a great point. Um, and, you know, I look back at We are in a week where something special just happened in Chicago, in the third largest um, Mm -hmm. city in the U.S. A Bernie Kratz unionist, teachers union, progressive, um, just took over the mayorship in in really one of the most complex political cities in the country.
2: Oh gosh, yeah, it's so so intense and,
1: and and it's it's so so exciting um, you know he um, I, obviously I'm talking about Brandon Johnson let's go Brandon uh, <laughs> who, who just beat Paul Vallis uh, Paul Vallis being just like a total kind of austerity vampire um, trying to privatize schools he moves from city to city to do that um similar to the kevin johnson types uh in the u.s Mm. um for those of you who are sacramentans listening to the show um and you know Vallis is not he's basically the hedge fund candidate and johnson it, it was a tale of two cities fight really johnson is a union man um but he has a good good relationship with leftist groups and seeing Johnson's win, because he was behind in every poll I saw, um, it drove home to me once more, just once more how important it is, a healthy relationship between a left and a labor movement, um, and how, like, once you do that, if you do that, if you have that healthy relationship, they own 12% of city council right now, The D- like DSA candidates. So, like, that's that's how well the left is doing in Chicago. Um, I just think the sky's the limit if if those two continue to kind of work together and build up and build out. Um, mm-hmm. So Johnson, to me, that that win is... Um, it's something that I think is exciting, and it's something that I think is a template. Uh, and, and not in the same way that, like, you know, Karen Bass... Um,
2: Ugh, is, LA. Is that
1: who the mayor of LA is, Karen? Yeah. Yeah. You know, she beat the tough on crime candidate, but like not in quite the same way. This one was a grassroots one. Chicago yeah. was something special. And it's something that you can reiterate in cities throughout the country. Um, and watching that happen today was really cool to me.
2: Yeah, I think especially in a place like Chicago that has i mean as you say the the size of the city is one thing but also um the like the segregation of of the city the uh the economics of the city there's just there's so much um there's there like you say it's it is so complex right and to have somebody come in especially after a mayor like Lori Lightfoot um and really look to the people and 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 take the like how how can I be the best leader for you approach
1: unapologetic um, messaging too like, yeah, yeah I think it
2: is I I think it is really exciting and even more than I think it's exciting in like like today I do think that it is also um, something that really shows that a city that like I fucking love Chicago if I hadn't to moved to Sacramento I was going to move to Chicago um, so a city that I love and a lot of people that I love are there. Um, being able to see this kind of leadership movement, I think is really, um, it really says something. It says something about where folks are. And I wonder how much of that has to do with, I mean, certainly a lot of it has to do with just the state of things in general being a complete dumpster fire, but also Chicago took a fucking hit after the pandemic in a way that a lot of, you know, a lot of cities did certainly, but, but Chicago was like, felt like it was going to be like a burn to the ground scenario. Um so it is exciting to see to see it sort of make a comeback and in yeah. this way. So I'm excited to see it and I do I think that something that um also like entices me in terms of like sort of keeping my finger on the pulse of what happens there as a result of this um this win is just what will how do we replicate things like this in a place or how do we replicate a win like this in a place like Sacramento where there's also a lot of complexity, um, maybe not to the same degree, but, but there is certainly some similarities to, to be drawn. Um,
1: definitely. And I think what's really interesting about his race, and I know we're about to wrap, but like, just like the, the approach to public safety, um, Folks, if you haven't listened to the latest special Citations Needed podcast episode, one of the um, announcers lives in Chicago, actually, and they've been talking forever about this, about public safety and what that actually means, Um, because your pollsters and your Democrats, you know, and your establishment Democrat pollsters in particular, (laughs) like to do these polls and say, like, you know, especially to the black community, like what's the most, you know, like biggest issue in your community. And, and more often than not, it's, it's, it's violence and public safety, but their reductive response to that as pollsters is, well, that must mean they want more police. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not how it works. There's, there's 10 different ways. And you ask the community and they have 10 different answers to, increasing public safety in their neighborhoods but for you it's just like boom cop more cop and that's like one of 10 answers right so i think the fact that he brandon uh was able to sort of like break that spell and be like well it's not just cops aren't the only answer to public safety. In fact, like sometimes it's not even helpful. Like here are all the things that we can do to invest in the community. And that will statistically demonstrably lower our crime rates rates in our lower income neighborhoods. Um, Him having those conversations I think is really special and really exciting. And, you know, just, just one more thing on the citations guys. And like, they have their own podcast, go listen to them if you want to listen to them. But like, they, they put a beautiful, like, sort of, they, I think they couched it beautifully when they said it this way, when it's like, saying that public safety is the most important thing to our neighborhood. Um, and then us saying, well, then you'll, you know, then you must need, need more cops is the same as if somebody is drowning in a lake and you say, OK, well, I'm going to throw you a barbed wire, um, you know, barbed wire metal uh-huh. and you got to grab onto that. And like that's your only option. So grab onto it or don't. But that's the only option I have for you. Like that's what it is. You know, like yeah. it, you're, it's harmful. It's it's hurtful. It's bad. But like that's when that's the only thing presented to you like a, they also said like a Ba'athist, you know, uh, Iraq, like it's, it's like, you know, Saddam or nobody, like, what are you going to take? Um, and I think that that's a really interesting way to look at this because there are public safety options. There are people who are professionals who can actually talk you through this shit and mm-hmm. show you some other options on that.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I guess I don't have anything to add except that uh,
1: I went way too long. I'm so sorry.
2: No, it's no. I mean, we're here now. So I think it is, you know, we're having this conversation about the city races in Sacramento that are coming up. We're having this conversation about uh, Brandon Johnson's win in, in Chicago. And we can I think it really like the way we can wrap this up is is really tying this all back to the the narratives around public safety and how important it is to engage those conversations with candidates and local electeds because that public safety is the thing that is going to help uh, move our city into spaces where people, where there's equity and people can thrive. Public safety being housing security, food security, childcare. Yes. Fully yes. funded libraries, like you know, all healthcare. of these things, healthcare, yeah, all of that. I mean, we want to. We really need to start having more robust conversa- conversations around public safety, where we're removing cops from the center of it. Um, and and Which, Chicago is showing us that that can be done.
1: Yeah. Um. Eight hundred to a thousand cops claimed that they were going to uh, leave the police force if he won. So, Bye. Chicago now currently overrun by eight hundred to a thousand cops, former cops.
2: Incredible! <laughs> what a time! What a time to be alive!
1: Yeah, um, be careful out there, folks. Hide your brats. Uh, should we? Should we call the up? Probably. Well, <laughs> let me just say because i forgot to say it before we love what we do folks if you love what we do uh go to patreon.com slash river city we do have patron only content we do have patron only hangouts we got one coming up uh it's been a busy month or so so we'll let you know when we're ready to do that uh but it's it's coming up soon and it's finally warming up so it's going to be a lot easier to do that yeah. um anything else to add shannon
2: see you next week listen to you and ne- i'll be here next week Nailed it! <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. I've been doing this for years and still can't yeah. figure it out.
1: Three years under your belt, nailed it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love this. Well, like that's the thing too. Like we all, when we record an episode, we kind of enter it as best we can, and like, and yeah. like we all are know going to gonna get. get shit at different times, and like sometimes it's just like. This is the brain you're going to get today. (laughs) Yeah,
2: you got it. You're welcome, folks. Surprised I made it this long.
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it. Um, Let's say bye-bye to the people then.
2: Bye-bye. Can't wait till you get a hog tattooed on your hog.